Well, what do you know? It's time for another 99th episode. So, so Paul. Yeah. I hear you've been scaring yourself at night. I have. Uh, I've been trying to do it less at night, though. Um, so I, I, I guess I'll start at the beginning. I was listening to. I guess I'll start a little bit before that, even. Um, my wife. <laughs> well, then, 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 then that, well, then that's the beginning, right? <laughs> the beginning yeah, is wherever you start. Yeah, it's kind of like when people say, you know, it's always the last place you look. It's like, well, of course yeah. it is, because you stop looking after you find yeah, what you're looking exactly. for. Exactly. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I'm trying to create a habit of looking one more place just for the hell of it, but you know, it's. Uh, doesn't make a lot of sense either. So my wife wanted to get a membership to the Y so we could, one, exercise. Two, um, she wanted to get my son swimming more often because we've done swim classes with him over the last few years. Uh, we did last year. I think the year before we did not do because of COVID, but last year things were kind of in better shape. He has certain problems that he always faces where like he does not want to do a couple things. Like He doesn't want to jump into the water. He's really reluctant to. And he needs to get over that. And the only way he's going to get over it is through experience, right? So by getting a Y membership, they have a pool there. We could take him for like family swim time and get him more just comfortable being in the water. So uh, we do that, uh, get a Y membership. And then I'm like, okay, I got to start exercising. I just need to make myself start doing it. Finally, one day I'm like, I'm going to do it today. I grabbed my shoes, but I forgot to grab my bag. And I was like, I'm not missing this. So I went and I bought... Uh, a bag and I under my work shirt I was wearing like a shirt I could wear to exercise and so that was good but I needed pants so I, I bought those things went to like TJ Maxx got them for you know pretty cheap and I went so now I'm at the Y I'm like okay what am I going to listen to um, music's okay but honestly like music you, you I feel like you focus more on the time because like every song is approximately what like three or four minutes so it's easy to be like how okay I gotta listen to this many songs to get through this but if you listen to a podcast or an audio book or something, like you're not paying attention to the time as much. You're, you can lose yourself in the story or the content that's being talked about. So I was listening to a podcast, uh, Chris Jericho's podcast. He's a, a wrestler, but he is also uh, the lead singer of a rock band and uh, has lots of other interests. So I li- I'm listening to an episode where he's talking to William Regal, uh, who is a former wrestler who's still involved in wrestling. And man, he has a crazy story. He went through a lot of crazy stuff uh, health-wise uh, due to an injury. But anyways, that ends. And then the next podcast starts up. And he's talking to a couple of people that have uh, like a true crime podcast. But they're talking about the Amityville Horror. And it's really interesting. I've listened to... He had another one... Uh, probably a couple of years ago talking to people about the conjuring story, like the real story behind it. Those things are interesting to me. So I'm listening to this. I'm like, you know what? I kind of want to watch that movie. So I look, it's on HBO max. I watched the original uh, Amityville horror. And I was like, I, I enjoyed this. And it's like, I've watched horror movies before. I've, I've never not seen a horror movie, but in general, I would say I don't like horror movies because in general, horror movies are overwhelmingly, like gore fest you know it's like there are tons of horror movies that are just about the gore or the you know the the violence well i think that <clears throat> it depends on the horror movie a 
Yeah, oh, it totally. Like, yeah, I, I think overwhelmingly there's more movies like that because those are the easier, cheaper. You don't have to have a good story to cut people up, you know. Yeah. So like tons of them are that, but there are tons that are they're not too. But just like you know, if you see the ones that come out of the theater or whatever, like the majority of them are like that. So that doesn't interest me, and that's why I've always kind of like. And plus, I don't really watch a ton of movies, so it's like, you know, it's a real time investment for me as far as like the percentage of. Uh, you know, movies that I watch, like watching one movie is, a, you know, a much bigger commitment to me than watching, uh, you know, than, than most people would be. But so I watch uh, Amityville Horror and um, the normal scenes where they're having a normal life, you know, when it's not creepy. The acting was awful in that movie, which I thought was funny. Like it was, I think James Brolin and uh, Margot Kidder were like the, the husband and wife in it. Margot Kidder was okay. James Brolin was garbage. He was okay when it was, like, creepy times, but otherwise he was just, yeah. But anyways, I enjoyed the movie. The scary stuff was actually scary, and it's the kind of scary stuff that I like that's kind of, this could really happen to some extent, like, kind of more psychological stuff. Like what? Like, like what's an example? Uh, Like Amityville Horror. <laughs> no, but, like, like what what what, are, what kind of things are, are happened that in that are like that like i'm not sure quite what you mean by real or psychological it could happen like because obviously like uh, a doll coming to life with with a knife is is not and trying to kill you is not likely to happen yeah but there's um obviously there's an element of uh you're deciding like okay for the sake of the story I'm, i'm believing that ghosts exist right or demons exist or whatever it is so if you believe that then that story Obviously, it's crazy stuff happening, but if, if hauntings were real, like, this isn't a real house, it's it's presented in a way that's um, that doesn't feel, like, if you lose yourself in, in that being a possibility, like, it feels like that could be what it would be like. As opposed to a couple of the other movies I've watched since then. Um, so, I wanted to watch The Conjuring. I'll give a little backstory before I talk about the other movies. I wanted to watch The Conjuring. My cousin, who is a huge horror fan, sends me a a screenshot of the Wikipedia entry of the chronological order for those movies. So he's like, you should watch them like this. I'm like, okay, I look on HBO Max. Um, They have all of them except Annabelle for some reason. But there's eight movies in The Conjuring universe. The first one is The Nun, which takes place, I believe, in Romania in like this, you know, cloistered convent. Um... And then the second one is Annabelle Creation. So it's like the origin story of the Annabelle doll. Um, And with both of those, like, especially the nun, like, it feels more separate from any kind of reality that I have. So it was like, eh, it was okay. It was kind of creepy stuff and jump scares. And it was okay. Like, it wasn't really, you know, my cup of tea, but it also didn't like, I didn't dislike it, you know? So that's where I'm saying, like, that's less what I like. Because, like, I've never been in a cloistered convent in Romania, so I'm not like, oh, man, this is really what it's like. And, oh, now now that dark hallway is scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't feel real. Plus, those movies, um, there are parts where they rely too much on clearly showing you what's going on. And it just, like, you know, it, it, it doesn't feel as real. You know, it doesn't it, it's not as scary when you can see what's happening, even if it's, like, gross and scary, you know, how it's presented. Whereas, like, you know, I, the uh, original Amityville Horror, you never specifically see something. You know, you see stuff happening, but you never see, like, a demon. In The Nun, you see the demon. Oh, uh, okay. 
then in Annabelle Creation. So Annabelle Creation is about the how the Annabelle doll started. And there's a, a couple who have a little girl gets hit by a car and dies. Then the story jumps 12 years later. And um, this nun and some orphans are invited to come live with them because it's like they don't have anywhere else to go. They go live with them. The kind of creepy husband tells them, do not go in this room. It was the little girl's room. The little girl's name was Annabelle. And creepy things start happening. One of the girls gets lured into the room, which unleashes the evil of Annabelle. So Annabelle's the little girl who who died in the car accident? Sort of. So it's the little girl who died. But what, by the end of the movie, they tell you that what happened is their little girl died. They prayed to, if there was any possibility for them to, like, be able to see their daughter again, They you know, they prayed for that. And then what happens, basically, like, what I got out of it is, like, um, this demon takes advantage of that, acts like the little girl, they invite this demon into their home because they think it's, like, the ghost of their little girl. So I don't think that the the demon is actually the little girl. I think that the demon took advantage of that to uh, to slide into the, the world. So it's the, the classic demon answering the prayers but not in the way you think exactly yeah oh man if i had a dollar for every time that happened (laughs) i know seriously you gotta stop being fooled by those demons Uh um but so like that story it takes place in in a creepy old house um there are parts of it that are that are really scary like when they give you the glimpses of the little girl especially like when it's like the the little girl annabelle and then she changes into the demon or turns creepy or something like that. Like that stuff is where like that, that's more the type of story that I want that gets creepier. So there, there's parts where you actually see the demon, uh, and you know, some stuff like that, that it goes from being like, this is actually really creepy because it's keeping in this, like it's presented as a little girl and sometimes it turns creepier and stuff. Um, but then when they like, just clearly show you this demon, it's like, okay, this is just like, you know, the equivalent of like, you know, Friday the 13th or something like that, where you know what the the evil bad guy is and you see him all the time. So it's like the only scares in those movies are when he pops out and kills you, you know? Mm-hmm. So like even that, like Annabelle creation, I liked it more, but it kind of drifts back and forth between the, the stuff that I really like that does creep me out and the stuff that's just like, eh, you know, it's just horror movie stuff. Um, yeah, so that that's what I mean is I like the stuff that like you can feel like if this were real this is how it would happen, you know? So it also sounds like you like when it focuses on people having, going through the experience, but not explicitly like spelling out, okay, so there's a demon that hides up in the attic and it comes out every full moon. And that is, and it's possessing this little doll that's, you picks up this knife. That was the knife that the child used as a kid to help make cookies for her mother. And it kills people with it. Like, like you don't like, it sounds like you don't like it spelled out like that. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's, it, I think it's a little bit more about how it's presented, too. Like, you know, when you see the demon and it looks like, a, you know, a bad guy in a superhero movie, basically. Like, it's very obvious what it is. Like, it has a very clear presence and it's just a, like a thing then, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, it takes that away. But, like, when you see this, so like in, in the original um, Amityville horror movie. Even though, like, obviously, like, that movie is made in the 70s, so some of the effects are, like, cheesy by today's standards, by all means. One of the things in the story, and this goes back to the real story, too. So, like, this is all based on the real story that the family shared. 
probably some embellishment, but some of the details like were literally from the, what the family said. But the little girl in the family said that she had a friend, and the friend was like giant pig with glowing red demon eyes. Like she, I mean, the little girl didn't say it had the glowing red demon eyes or whatever, but she she like said it was her friend and kind of I think she did say it was a, a pig. But there were times that the family would like look up at the girl's room and see this demon pig looking out at them. So stuff like that, like when they showed that in the movie, it wasn't like they had a full-fledged pig there. It was like they would show them looking up through the window and you'd see like the glowing red eyes in a vague form. You know, so that's where it's like it leaves it more to your imagination. It's not just spelling it all out to you because when you spell it, when it's all spelled out to you, I think that's where it loses the... Uh, Loses the stuff that really makes it creepy because the the real scariness of this stuff is when you play with it in your mind. I think. Okay, so so let me ask you a question then. You remember the movie Signs mm-hmm. about the alien invasion? Mm-hmm. It kind of seems like it lost a lot of the suspense and stuff once we saw an alien up close and personal, and it was just like, oh, there's an alien in the living room now. Versus yeah. we don't know what's going on or what they that are. That one or... scene where you see like the, the real video and it shows the alien, the alien like walk by far away. Like yeah. I, I, I saw that movie in the theater and I remember everybody in the theater, it's not like they were scared, but everybody jumping at that because they're like, oh my God, I saw it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as you just like clearly see the alien, it's like, okay, whatever. I mean, this is just as good as just like a cheesy action movie. Now all the suspense is gone. So like you need some of that suspense. And if you don't have the suspense... Uh, then w- where's the intrigue in it? Like, what's interesting about it if you just know what's going on? Then it's just, uh, you know, just an alien movie. Okay, all right. So I, I think I, I think I know where where you're coming from. Then it's more of the suggested horror is always scarier to you than the explicit horror. Is that maybe kind of? Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And like I, I definitely like I think the if you want to narrow down to more specifics of what I like, the kind of haunted house type of vibe is probably like uh t- the top notch for me, you know? And if like if you're I don't know, if you put it all on a scale like the other end of the scale that's like the you know, the hack and slash, you know, Jason Freddy, whatever, like, you know, like that stuff is the other end of the scale where doesn't interest me as much doesn't mean like i might not be able to watch one of those movies and enjoy them to some extent but they're not my cup of tea and then the other factor for me is gore i don't mind some gore if it's part of the story and it makes sense you know but i don't like i don't like anything that's just gratuitous with gore or violence like it loses me and any movie that that's their sole purpose i don't want anything to do with like saw i don't want to watch saw like i've never seen them i'm never going to yeah that reminds me of a movie that i just started watching but didn't finish it was called knights of badassdom have you ever heard of that <laughs> no but that sounds uh that's a title <laughs> what it is it's basically about a giant group of larpers like that play medieval fantasy night battles like live action role play stuff and one of the guys who's friends with all these LARPers, his girlfriend just breaks up with him and he's trying to get over it. And then he's, he's really bummed out about it. And his friends get him to say like, oh, come on, come on, just come out and play like this LARP thing with us. You'll like it. It'll be fun. You'll dress up like a knight. You'll run around and say, huzzah. And I, I fight the Barry, sir. And, he, you know, stuff like that. And awesome enough, it has like Peter Dinklage as this stoner nerd in it, which is just <laughs> awesome. And itself 
but it turns out that one of the guys who plays a wizard the the book of spells he has happens to actually be like a real book of spells that can unleash demons and he accidentally unleashes a, a demon so the movie starts out as this funny hey we're gonna run around and just have a bunch of jokes about how goofy all these people are that do live action it's basically like live action dungeons and dragons is what they're doing Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they accidentally conjure this demon and the demon it just turns into like gore killing it just basically walks around and kills people in the most gory ways possible and it just it lost me there because it's just i'm not interested i don't want to see somebody's like heart ripped out like literally heart ripped out of their chest (laughs) you know by this demon it's just it so i think i'm with you on the gore thing like gore to me is something that should be like used sparingly and yeah like if it's if it's used at all use it sparingly yeah and like my my cousin uh he's a huge horror fan so like he likes all of it he likes the gory stuff and everything i went over there one time um when I think his uh, uh, his wife takes like a once a year vacation to go like see her family and takes their son with them, so like he's he'll be home alone. Um, so I went over there one time. We were gonna do something, but when I got over there, he was watching um, this documentary about like eighties horror, and a lot of that like crossed that boundary for me of the gore stuff. So, but it's like you know, I, I watched it with him. So he loves all of that stuff. So he was I was talking with him because he's all excited that I'm getting into this because you know. Whenever somebody starts to like something that you like that, uh, you know, even though a lot of people are are into horror, horror is like a niche thing, right? Even though lots of people like it, it's still like people who like it really like it, you know? And it's just like when I discovered manga. like comics. Yeah, it's like manga (laughs) is very general. Lots of people like manga. But it's like once you cross that line, anybody who likes manga is excited that you join them, right? They want to share with you what, what they like. And it's the same thing with horror. You know, if somebody, if you like horror and somebody else that you know and care about starts like horror. You're just so excited because you have this new thing to share with them. Mm-hmm. So he's all excited and tell me, you know, like I said, he's the one that told me to watch the conjuring universe movies in that order. So I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And honestly, like I'm watching way more movies right now than I normally do. Cause I, I don't watch movies that often normally, but this has me all, you know, that's kind of my focus of my, uh, entertainment time right now. So then, you know, then we're talking and, you know, he's asking what I like and stuff. And, you know, I, I tell him like gore is the thing that I don't like. So as we're talking, he's like, well, you know, the, the nun was kind of gory. And I was like, eh, yeah, the nun was fine. Like, there were a couple things that were, like, slightly gory in it, but, like, it, it fit in with the story. As soon as I told him that, he's like, oh, well, then I have lots of stuff I could recommend you. It's like understanding the line matters, too. It's not that I never want to see any blood. It's that I don't want gratuitous. And there's, like, two ways to get gratuitous in, in my mind. One is to... Um, just have too much of it. Like if the movie's just about that and there's no reason for it, that's gratuitous. And the other way is to cross certain lines of like taste, you know, kind of like you said about, you know, if a demon's ripping out somebody's heart and showing it to you, like, okay, that's probably, that's the type of thing that could be crossing a line. So that, like if that was in a movie, it may not cross the line for me like that specific example, but there's definitely things that they could do that would just be like, no, I don't want any part of that, you know? Kind of like I, you know, just in general in movies, like I don't want to, I don't want to watch anything that has to do with like child abuse or something because that's going to deeply affect me. So as far as gore goes, I don't want to like give the specific examples that I know would 
bother me. But like there, there may be things like that that cross a line where I don't care what else is going on. Like that, just that type of gore ruins everything, you know. Um, and you know, most most movies, it would take one of those gratuitously gory movies to do that. I think because if a movie's not being gratuitous. You're not trying to, you know, what can I do to shock somebody a level further than they've been shocked before? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that sounds like the Friday the 13th <laughs> thing. So after Halloween was made, and it was an incredibly popular slasher movie, there's actually not a lot of very gratuitous gore in Halloween at all. It's all, it's all very suggested and it's mm-hmm. all done off screen, but then they made Friday the 13th and it's like, let's show every single gory death in excruciating detail in this one. Yeah. And it's like, they keep on trying to one up each other over the mm-hmm. years and then things just get like more and more gratuitous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another aspect of this. So as I said, one of the things I think is interesting about me suddenly, and I've seen like, if I stop and think about it, I've seen lots of movies that you can call horror movies. Some that are like distinctly horror, some that are more like like, like Gremlins, for example, when somebody on Twitter was like telling me, because uh, I just kind of asked on Twitter what horror movies people like, somebody said Gremlins. I would never think of Gremlins as a horror movie, but it's definitely got horror elements. It's kind of like a, a action-adventure sort of movie with, with horror elements. You know, it's definitely much more lighthearted than a typical horror movie. And not like it never gets gratuitous. Um, like I watched Gremlins with my son uh, like a couple years ago, so he was like seven, and I didn't have a problem with that. Um, yeah, it'd be kind of like calling Army of Darkness a horror movie. Yeah, and and it is a horror movie, but it's also this very lighthearted, like it's a comedy, pretty much. Yeah, you know, it's silly. Mm-hmm. But so like I've discovered this whole new world, and I'm excited about exploring things I haven't explored before. Kind of like I said when I discovered manga, I was just like, oh, man, this is so exciting. I, I just wanted – there's so many things to check out that I've never considered before. So that's exciting. So then I start you know, telling some people that I may not be in regular contact with anymore. Like a couple people particularly that worked for me before that were big horror fans. So I send both of them a message. They're all excited talking to me about it, telling me, you know, making suggestions of stuff to watch. Um, and I'm – I'm, like, more than 10 years older than the older of the two, and I'm, like, 17 years older than the other one. You know, so they're, like, 21. I don't remember how old the other guy is, but he's in his mid-ish 20s, you know. Um, So it's it's just hilarious to me because they both always talked about how big of horror fans they were, and then they start recommending movies. Number one, I've seen a lot of the movies they're recommending to me. I saw them, like, a lot of them when they came out. <laughs> like, they, uh, one of them recommended The Ring. I'm like, I saw that in the theater. And then two, like, they're like, oh, yeah, I love this and this and this. And, like, one of them is, like, uh, you know, I like the psychological ones, like M. Night Shyamalan movies. I've never thought of a single M. Night Shyamalan movie as a horror movie. So I'm like, all right, you're already not as into horror as you always acted like you were. <laughs> you know, you're into, uh, you know, psychological thrillers. Um and then, you know, the other guy, uh, most of the ones he were, was recommending was more of the, like, um, campy, fun, silly kind of horror movies. Um, so it's just funny. Like, you know, people are always like, oh, I love horror. I love horror. And then, like, you really get into it. And it's not that they, they're, you know, they're wrong about that. But, you know, it's like they like this niche of horror itself that, you know, is not quite the picture that you had of what they liked. 
yeah, and then just the the factor that both of them are recommending all these movies that like I saw when they were coming out, and they're like, "Oh, this is a classic." I'm like, I feel old now. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Side story: When I saw The Ring uh, in theaters, I saw it with a group of friends, and one of them was wearing the exact same shirt as the girl in the movie, and that was kind of weird. Oh man, the the Ring freaked me out when i saw it i should watch that again like that was it definitely a good freaky one yeah that one yeah i i that one really kind of gave me the like i don't feel good after watching this one it especially i think it's like the middle part of the movie as they're discovering what happened to this girl and they're uncovering all these weird secrets and finding like this barn with this hidden room up way up high that's inaccessible where it looks like they kept this little girl and stuff and like oh i'm starting to like shiver just (laughs) describing Mm it yeah that's such a good example like you have to suspend the disbelief that this one thing can happen but then when you do that like you see that everything else is is something that could happen it makes it so much scarier because then it's like it feels like it can infiltrate your real life right yeah i guess so i like I think a, a really creepy movie is Paranormal Activity. Did you see that one? I don't remember. I might have seen it. I know the name of it well. Like, that's one of the ones that was, uh, you know, popular when I was of the age to be watching those movies. Like, when, you know, like, those movies are aimed at the kind of, like, you know, teen, young, adultish age. And I was definitely, like, right there when those movies were coming out. But I, I don't know offhand if I've seen that one in particular. What's interesting about it is that the it's almost entirely told as surveillance footage because it's this couple that move into a house and they start to think, oh, I think there's some weird stuff going on here. So they set up cameras all around the house to record stuff at night. And then they review that footage and see what happened. And it is just very just kind of slowly escalates in terms of like the weirdness and creepy stuff. Like it starts out just a door moves a little bit on its own. And then, Oh, maybe you, you hear some footsteps when, while they're asleep or something like that. And then it just gets like more and more creepy as it goes. Nice. That one's streaming on Paramount plus. So I can check that one out. All right. One of the other things I think is so interesting about horror movies, like having watched a few, especially like, like, typically I would watch movies and kind of start them later, and I'd probably finish them after people go to bed. I live rurally. Like, it is pitch black outside of my house at night. Uh, there's no lights outside. Um, most of my windows downstairs are not covered because we, re- we live rurally, and you don't need the window coverings for privacy. Um, so when I finished uh, Amityville Horror, like an hour after everybody else was asleep, I was like, this might not have been the best idea. Um, I'm not the type that like gets scared and then is scared of everything. Like, you know, I, I, I definitely don't like, I, I wouldn't watch a a scary movie and then like have that scare me forever. But there's a big difference between that and I just finished watching this. So like I've, I've little, you know, suspended disbelief, allowed myself to be scared by this and you have to like kind of pack that back in, you know? So like if you finish it in a case like that, it's kind of out of your control at that point. Um, so I just like, you know, do something to distract myself anyways. And, uh, but still I'd be like, 
going to put something out on the breezeway and be opening that door like, I'm going to die right now, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to look in any mirrors because <laughs> I'm going to yeah. see that there's something behind me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm going to turn around and it's not going to be there. <laughs> so yeah. watching horror movies has an element of your purposefully modifying like your stasis, you know, it's like, it, it reminds me of like eating really spicy food. If you don't know what you're doing and you eat something too spicy, you get yourself in trouble. You know, it reminds me of like, you know, doing anything like, you know, drinking or anything like that. Like when you're young and first starting to do it and you don't know what you're doing, if you don't do it carefully, you can get yourself in trouble because you're, you're modifying how you function. So like when you're purposefully scaring yourself, like you're changing how you react to stuff for at least for a while. It's interesting to me that just watching movies can be that way. You know, horror movies are very different than anything else like that. But there are some similarities. Like, if you watch some, like, really, really, like, heavy emotional dramas, especially, like, historical stuff, it could do the same thing where it can really affect your mood. Um, But we kind of, like, automatically go into that with more caution. You know, like, if you're going to watch Schindler's List or a movie like that that's, you know, really heavy stuff, like, you're not going to watch that if you're... um, if you're feeling down or something like that, because you know it's going to have a, a negative effect on your emotions. But I don't think that we consider that as much with horror movies. Or at least I didn't really until I had the, the kind of effect of it, you know? So it's kind of like horror movies are drugs for your emotional state rather than your cognitive state. Yeah, kind of something like that, yeah. Yeah, because I was like, you know, walking around my house at night where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm legit- legitimately feeling uncomfortable in parts of my house because I watched this movie. I'm like, okay, I'm changing my state because of doing this. Was that a good idea? Is this something like, is it worth the entertainment? Is it actually like a, a negative, like, is it a poor choice to do that? Like, I don't know, I was considering all that. I think just how you approach it matters because, you know, like I said, I'm sitting here. I'm not scared right now because I watched a movie last night. Um, so just making the choice to not finish a movie after everybody else has gone to bed, I think is pretty much what uh, how I approach that to make sure it doesn't have a negative effect on me. Interesting, yeah. It'd be interesting to see a horror movie set completely during the daytime rather than nighttime, <laughs> you know, rather than using like the cover of darkness. Okay, so what I did is while we were doing this, I wrote down every horror movie that I can remember watching. Or at least everyone, this is, I guess, every, anyone that was worth remembering that I watched. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a pretty long list. It's it's like 20, 20 movies. So I thought we would march down them and each say what we think of them. And you okay. can tell me if you've seen them or not. And if it, what, if, what about that type of horror you like or don't like and go with that. All right, horror movie lightning round. Let's go. That's right. Okay, first the classic Halloween. I've seen it before. I don't remember it well. Um, I actually want to watch that one again. Uh, and, and that kind of falls in the category, I think, for me, where uh, I didn't particularly love it, but I didn't dislike it either. It was. Just, it's kind of like watching something that you know uh, was was important in some way. Yeah, that's, I think, a good way to put it. I still really like it a lot. And what's interesting about it is I remember I was listening to some podcast about it. I think it was about the soundtrack to the movie. And they made the movie, and they had, like, a screener of it for execs of, like, this is the movie that we want to put out. But they didn't have the soundtrack done yet. And they showed it to people, and all the people at the movie studio were like... 
this is stupid. Like, <laughs> what, what are you even doing here? This is the dumbest movie we've ever seen. And then they got the soundtrack done and put it in and showed it to them. And they were like, holy crap, this is the scariest thing we've ever seen in our life. Yeah, that's a very good point. Actually, with the Amityville Horror, I think that is one of the biggest things with that movie is they built the tension so much with the use of sound between the soundtrack and just sounds in general that's what made that movie really intense when it was scary is how they use that. Yeah. So I still really like Halloween and I think it's the best of those kind of 80s slasher movies. And it, uh, I think a lot of that is because it was one of the earliest ones. I think it was the one that kind of kicked off that whole craze, but it didn't actually have all the trappings of it yet. It's kind of like if you go back and watch a bunch of James Bond movies and you watch Doctor Who. Uh, uh, not Doctor Who. Doctor No. <laughs> Doctor Who's the the British guy that <laughs> rides around in a phone booth. <laughs> Sorry, Doctor No. <laughs> Doctor No doesn't have like all the trappings of the James Bond movies in it yet, but it kicked off all the movies that eventually would have all those trappings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy Krueger. I don't think I've ever seen it. I've seen parts of those movies. I couldn't tell you which ones or anything either. The one thing I'll say that of what I know about those movies is that um, there's like some ingenuity and stuff in it. Like there's there's they do things in a clever way at times. I don't know if that's like fully representative of everything in them, but I would probably watch one at some point just to get a taste of what what they're like. Yeah, I think the first one is worth watching and then i i've watched one and two i know maybe the third one but they seem like they kind of diminish after that i think number one is the the place to watch that and then stop there yeah okay next up friday the 13th this is like the jason franchise once kind of like the other ones i've seen some part of some of them and i couldn't tell you exactly what um i know i watched one of them with my cousin um uh, a friend of his, uh, it was his birthday, so, like, for th- his birthday, they they got together and, like, got McDonald's and watched a few, I think, Friday the 13th movies, so I was able to go over and watch one of them with them, um, and I, I don't even remember which one it was. I know it was further in the series, and it was one that was kind of more on the funny side. Mm, okay. And I, it was it was entertaining enough to watch, but I wasn't that impressed, and I wasn't really that engaged with it either. Uh, but I also know it definitely wasn't like the the more critical ones of the series. Yeah, I've only seen the first one, and it w- is just a super gore fest. Um, it's kind of interesting at the end. There's a, a little bit of a twist that happens towards the end. But it, aside from that, it's kind of just uh, teenagers being teenagers and getting into trouble and getting themselves killed because mm. of it. Well, okay should. yeah uh the ring i think we we talked about yeah, we this talked one. about that one it's been a long time since i've seen it but uh i liked it and I actually want to watch it again I, I i believe i saw it in the theater and that's the only time i've ever seen it yeah that to me is like the example of horror movies that are just super creepy rely mostly on super creepiness more than anything else yeah yeah okay the exorcist uh, I saw that one when they re-released it in the theater, uh, which would have been probably a good 15 or more years ago. Probably more than 15 years ago, actually, yeah. Yeah. 
And yeah, that's definitely, so that's like, that's the right kind for me as far as like being actually scary. And then just like, you know, the, it's more of the, like the religious aspect than the like haunted home aspect. Um, so like, you know, more in my realm, not quite the most specific thing that's my favorite. Um, and sometimes I, sometimes the ones that do rely on the religious stuff kind of push boundaries that I don't like either. Like, uh, that one, I don't think did terribly bad. It's been a long time since I've seen it though. Uh, but that's definitely where it's, it can start kind of like with gore ones, like, you know, movies that focus on gore definitely start to be excessively gory for no reasons. Movies that just focus on the religious horror start to cross lines that just, it makes it not enjoyable if it gets to be too offensive, basically, in my opinion. What I like about the exorcist thinking about it now is that you, it, it basically pits these two forces against each other. You have the uh, possessed girl who just becomes more and more monstrous as things go and becomes more and more creepy and, you know, her head spinning around and speaking in tongues and looking just diseased and nasty and that just spiraling out of control. But then you have the priest who's trying to perform the exorcism who is pretty just stalwart in his belief and he's just unflappable and really kind of just keeps approaching it straight that this is a problem. I can take care of it. I'm going to keep working on it. And I think that the, the, that opposition between those two forces is what helps make it a pretty great movie for me. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, some classics, uh, Rosemary's baby. Never seen that one. Okay. It's cool. It's, it's much more, of a kind of psychological thriller type of thing where it's, I mean, do you know the basic story of what the movie is? If you told me, I'm probably going to go like, Oh yeah. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. That's also one that has been recommended to me by several people. So I know it's a more, you know, more critical one, but what's the basis? It's a, the basis is it's a lady who's pregnant and she realizes more and more that there's something wrong and weird about this pregnancy as it goes on. Yeah. That sounds creepy. (laughs) Yeah. And, but it's never like explicit about things really happening. It's much more just things are weird and creepy around what's going on. And it just gets weirder and creepier as it goes, but without being like outright, like, stuff popping up behind you or stuff like that. Yeah. It doesn't get to the end and suddenly a demon pops out of her and then starts chasing her around the house. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, And another like seventies classic, the omen. Uh, I believe I've seen the omen. I remember it less. Um, but there was a remake of this sometime in the last like 20 years. I think I believe I've seen it less. Um, Oh gosh, I'm trying to remember the omen. I, I, I'm pretty positive I've seen it, um, and I know the basics of it. That's one. That's another one that I need to watch again. I think that's kind of more in the realm of some of the the classic ones that I would enjoy. Yeah, yeah, it, it was pretty good. It's it's a little more horrorish than Rosemary's Baby, but mm-hmm. mostly most of the time it's just kind of like, ooh, something's not right here, and we don't know what kind of a movie. Yeah. Okay, here's kind of a, a weird one: Cabin in the Woods. I haven't seen that one. Um, I've been I, so I, I was trying to find some like horror podcasts to listen to, but like the right thing is like I found one and it was all about like serial killers, and it's like I don't need to listen to that. Like I do not need to listen about how people do horrible things to each other. 
I found another one that's actually two ladies who are, they write about interior decorating for, uh, I don't know if it's an online magazine or whatever, something like that. And they did a a five episode uh, podcast about haunted houses, basically. It was really good. But with one of them, they referenced Cabin in the Woods when they're talking about this haunted house in Hollywood and like what it looked like. And they're, you know, they're like, if you've seen, you know, anybody who's seen Cabin in the Woods knows what we mean when it's like, if you see this kind of place, you run away from it. So that intrigued me, but I don't really know much about it. Oh, it's it's interesting because it starts out seeming like a horror movie and then shifts into something completely different that kind of uses a lot of horror tropes, but in an interesting way. So if you want something that seems like it's going to be a horror movie, but then isn't, I think that that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, that sounds up my alley. Okay, here's one. I'm. This is two movies in one, and that's because it's an original that was made somewhere in Scandinavia, and then there was an American remake, and that's Let the Right One In, uh, or Let Me In is the American version. I've never heard of that. It's, man, this is great. It's about this young kid who is maybe elementary school aged or or middle school age somewhere around then probably about around the age of of your son or maybe a little bit older and he's kind of bullied at school and, and wimpy and he's having a hard time and he meets a little girl who moves into his apartment complex and who uh is his age and then essentially you 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 learn that she's a vampire and it's kind of this it's it's a mix of like coming of age story with vampire horror and this this weird relationship between these two kids even though one of them is a 100 year old vampire in a kid's <laughs> body that definitely sounds interesting yeah it is really good both both versions were really good both the original uh which is subtitled and the american remake both of them were pretty darn good i saw the original first before they even made the remake but i was not disappointed by the remake nice okay yeah, that's the so far the only one i've actually never heard of okay yeah i i that's one that i would put pretty highly and would definitely recommend okay here's one that i don't know if it would even count but lost boys i've actually i know what lost boys is i've never watched it okay but it's, it's about it's, vampires right yeah, yeah. But it's, it's like it's more of an 80s movie than it is a vampire movie in yeah. a lot of ways <laughs> yeah i think that's a good example too of something that like can touch on horror but like if you if you had to boil it down to one thing you probably wouldn't end on it being a horror movie yeah it's it's kind of gremlins like where i guess technically it's a horror movie but you know not quite okay paranormal activity we talked about this one a bit earlier yeah definitely never seen it and i i would like to after talking about it yeah i i guess this it spawned a bunch of sequels also that i've never seen any of the sequels yeah that's what they that's one thing with horror too is is because it's that like niche genre you could have one really good movie and then they could money grab from there for a long time because people you know there's a lot of people who like horror that will just watch anything horror i mean honestly it's the same with with anything like comic book movies like not every marvel movie has been fantastic like they make some good ones, and then some of them are just like, okay, well, let's let's get money from wherever we can. But because there's fans that will take everything they can get, they make money. Then there's fans of, like, those niche things. So, you know, it works that way. I think horror is a good example of that. Kids movies is another great example. I mean, there's, like, 7,000 The Land Before Time cartoons. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Interesting also that this movie, I think it had an alternate ending filmed, but they, which actually going back and watching then the alternate ending seems a lot more creepy mm-hmm. than the original ending, but it also seems to also not allow for any sequels. And so I think that that may be uh, part of it also. Yeah. So this is how we really wanted to scare you, but we couldn't because we want to make more money off you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay, here's another good haunted house one. Poltergeist. Poltergeist I saw as a kid, and I loved it as a kid, even though like I it, it scared me as a kid. Um, I'm trying to remember how – I was probably like 10 or something. I remember watching it uh, for my birthday, actually, with my dad, and – I remember, like, actually having trouble sleeping afterwards, but that's with a caveat that uh, around that time I was also kind of discovering that there were foods that would make... Like, I remember going to stay at my grandma's house, and we would get um, Stouffer's French bread pizza, and then, like, every time I was there, I'd, like, wake up in the middle of the night sick to my stomach. And Hmm. it, it took a while for, you know, like, my parents to put the pieces together and realize that I... It's probably because I was lactose intolerant, so... Um, gotcha. <laughs> I think that the the kind of nightmarish night I had after watching it was actually more because I was sleeping poorly because of, of a physical issue. But then, like, when you are sick like that, like, whatever's in your brain kind of runs rampant. So, like, having watched a horror movie and then been a kid and been sick on top of it, like... That's what's going on in my brain, you know? Um, I really... I, I am definitely going to rewatch the Poltergeist movies. Um, I know I've seen at least the first two, and I feel like there's three of them. But I remember for sure off the top of my head. But um, I might have seen all of them. I definitely saw the first two, but I really want to rewatch those. I remember seeing parts of it as a kid. And the thing that I remember the most, I think because it scared me so much, is the scene where a toy clown, like a toy, a toy doll clown comes to life and grabs the kid and pulls her under the bed. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that scene at no, all? No, I actually, I don't remember very much specifically about the movie because I, I literally haven't seen them since I was a kid. I haven't watched them as an adult. It's been so long. Yeah. So I, having watched it as a kid, I didn't remember anything about the movie except that one specific scene. <laughs> it was so freaky and scary to me that I remembered it my entire life until I finally watched the movie as yeah. an adult. Like my vague yeah. remembrings are the like the obvious one because it gets parodied as the they're here. Um and then mm-hmm. the, the static on the TV. Like those are the two things that I remember, but it's like kind of like remembering a, a smell of a memory rather than remembering the whole memory. And you know, it's like just remembering this little detail and it's not solid enough to like tell any more about it for me right now. But anyways, yes. Gotcha. Wanna watch those okay. again. Okay, next up, The Shining. Uh, that is um, was one of my favorites. Um, I've, I've, that was actually the first Stephen King book I read. That's a good example of the, the kind of horror that I like. The Kubrick movie was definitely much, much better than the made-for-TV movie that actually pleased Stephen King more because it followed his book better. But then also you have that. I mean, part of the reason that I watched that when I was a teenager is because it's like Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson is iconic. And, like, as a teenager, that, that's what you – one of the things you do is you watch all these iconic Jack Nicholson movies. Yeah, so that's that's definitely one. I haven't seen it in a very long time, and I want to rewatch it. But that's that's one that gets a uh, thumbs up for me. And I also feel like Stephen King horror is a horror genre of its own. Like, it can be any type of story, but those all have, like, a similar feel and a similar kind of way that they're approached. 
yeah, so like, I don't know. I, I want to dig into a lot of Stephen King stuff. I'm actually reading The Dark Tower right now. Uh, side note, I've never read it before. Oh. So I, I yeah, I've never read that either. It's been, I don't know if I'm ever going to tackle that one or not. But, well, speaking of spe- Stephen King, the next up is It. I ha- I believe I've seen, so the, the original one was like a made-for-TV movie, is that right? Yeah, that's right. I've seen it. I don't remember that much about it. But I saw that when I was younger, and it just didn't make my. I, I don't think it made a huge impression on me, honestly. Um, I even tried reading that book when I was a teenager, and just like did not get into it. But also, you know, Stephen King is very, very wordy, and his books are long, so it's like if it doesn't grab you, and you don't want to commit your time to it, you're going to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to watch the remakes. I haven't watched those yet. Um, but those are on HBO Max, so accessibility and doesn't cost extra money. That's a good thing. Those are on my shorter list of things that I want to watch too. So um, I don't know. Like I, I know the the basics of the story, and that's about it. And one of the things I like it just in with Stephen King in general is that like it's a good example where that story brushes into other stories very well. Like it gets referenced in other ones, um, and that's a good example of how Stephen King is kind of at his best as he's able to do that without it feeling forced or cheesy. I think. Um, that's pretty cool. Kind of like with the, the all the Conjuring movies, like a little more forced, like the way they kind of one will reference another one vaguely, like it adds something to it. And that's kind of cool. I mostly like the newer movies, though. They it's an interesting horror. It's kind of this weird halfway point between the creepy horror and the explicit. Let's show you a demon running around trying to kill you horror. And it it's I remember it starting out much more creepy then it ended up because it starts out just like with very weird things happening. I'm and I'm I'm talking about the remakes from like five years ago, yeah, or so specifically, and just weird bad stuff is happening. But when it becomes more about like here's this clown that's literally chasing you with giant teeth that's trying to kill you, it it feels more like an Aliens movie than yeah. it does a horror movie, you know? Yeah, kind of like uh, what we said about Signs. Like, once once you, it gets too revealed, it just becomes a different type of movie and kind of, it loses what really makes it special. And, you know, it's still a thing. You know, still can can be good, but it definitely is something different. Yeah, so in, in a weird way, it almost like, they turn into like action movies yeah. <laughs> at some point. <laughs> and that's kind of interesting and, and strange about it. It kind of keeps going back and forth between those two things. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here's one. I'm, I'm guessing you, well, maybe you've heard of it. Baba Duke. Sounds familiar, but not enough for me to say I've definitely heard of it. Yeah. It's, it's basically, it's about a mom and her kid and they're either like either it's they're, there was a recent divorce or the father recently passed away, but they're on their way, but they find this book in this house. They move to it's the Babadook. It's about this like evil creature that comes and then they try to throw the book away and it ends up back on their bookshelf. And then the book changes with time and it like pages get added and it talks about like them and the Babadook coming to strangle them at night and stuff (laughs) like that. And like, it's um, pretty, pretty freaky and, but pretty good. But it's one of those where it uses horror kind of as a metaphor for them dealing with this trauma of having to live on their own together. Yeah. 
and so it's it's pretty pretty good i think i'd i'd recommend baba duke okay i i will say on that note too one of the like the kind of horror tropes that gets used that loses me a little bit more or at least like i i have more trouble suspending disbelief with it is the i threw something away and now it's back like i don't know that just that one doesn't <laughs> that one for some reason i just like i'm like Nah, if I threw it away, it'd be gone. You know? Okay, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but it just like my brain's you like can't suspend no, that no, no, disbelief. No. I, I think it's because like if I get like in real life, if I choose to get rid of something, I just do it. You know, um, I'm very good about that. So I was, in the movie, I'm like, nope, no. If I got rid of it, it'd be gone. Like screw okay, screw that doll, funny. Annabelle. I throw I throw <laughs> Annabelle away. Annabelle doesn't show up back on my bookshelf. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, the, the waste disposal sites problem now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, next one. Okay, uh, classic, Carrie. Carrie, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. It's been long enough ago that I don't remember it super well, but that's definitely one that would be more on my side of something that I would enjoy rather than something I wouldn't. I know I've seen it, but it's been a long time, yeah. I think as a, I saw it as a, as a teenager. Yeah, it's one of those, It, I think it suffers from the pacing of it doesn't really match modern movie pacing. And so I remember thinking, man, this is just kind of slow and boring and it's not really going anywhere. I don't think it bored me, although it's been a long time since I've watched. I don't think it bored me. I actually, one of the things I like about older horror movies uh, that I could like tell subjectively more now is that pacing like Amityville horror. That's, that's what made the movie so scary at the end was the pacing throughout and the building of the tension. You have to be slow with that. And I think, you know, like you said, modern horror stuff doesn't do that as much because people are impatient. People have lost their attention span. So, like, if you want it to be successful, you can't necessarily do that. Mm-hmm. I blame social media. Okay. <laughs> How many movies do we have left on the list? Uh, four. Okay, perfect. We got time. Yeah, I think we're just about good. Okay, next up, Evil Dead. And this would probably include evil dead 2 and army of darkness it's been a very long time since i've seen those uh i saw them when i was a youngish 20s a friend of mine was a big fan of them evil dead is one of my cousin's top couple of favorite horror movies he's really he owns it like every copy he can find of it that's unique he buys pretty much um that's how much he loves it Uh, i want to rewatch all of those um i Definitely would say those are ones I give a thumbs up to. I like them too because like the first one is kind of more horror-ish, but it's also just kind of weird. I don't remember the second one as well, but I know the second one like it gets like weird and funny, and then the third one the is just like gets outlandish kind of action comedy horror movie. But I like how outlandish they are, and like they don't get it as at least as far as I remember. Like nothing like crossed my gore threshold, even though there's crazy gory stuff happening. Like, the second movie, I think, is one of, um, and once again, from what I remember from a very long time ago now, the second one, I think, is my favorite off the top of my head because it's just so, it's like a guy going crazy, and he's like, you know, cuts his hand off, puts a chainsaw on, just, like, going crazy and laughing at stuff. It's, I definitely like those movies. Yeah, yeah, I think they're great, and um, they're really just brought to life because it's, Bruce Campbell Mm -hmm. is such a great camp actor yeah and he's like i think of those as like the perfect perfect bruce campbell movies they're just (laughs) awesome yeah okay here's another weird one uh that you may not have heard of it's called good night mommy yeah never heard of that one 
okay, this is one that is, it's really freaky. It's, it's about these two kids who live with their mom and their mom goes away for like a surgery. Uh, I think it's like she's in some car accident or something and her face got bruised up. And so she has to go get some cosmetic surgery to get it fixed. And she comes back after the surgery and the kids are like, you're not my mom. We, I don't know what you did with her, but we know that you're not our mom. Like what's going on? And that's in it. Then it just kind of goes from there and is super weird and creepy. That sounds really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and there's a uh, plenty of twists and turns throughout the way, but yeah, that one is, that's definitely worth it. Okay. So, uh, next is another super classic psycho. Yeah, I've seen Psycho. I've I'm I've seen the original. I've seen the remake. Been a long time with both of those as well. I honestly like I'd have to watch them again. Like I, I I feel like the best I could say just off the top of my head with it being so long is that there it's an like the original Psycho is an example of one that is such a classic that it's more like watching like understanding something that influenced so much other stuff rather than like really losing yourself in the movie and enjoying it for what it is. But I also am better at watching older movies now than I was when I watched this movie. Yeah, you know, Psycho's one where I think people know a lot of the beats of it just because it lives in the zeitgeist of our culture. Yeah. It's kind of like the whole, no, I am your father thing. It's like people know that even if they've never seen Empire Strikes Back. It's just kind of part of our cultural vernacular. And I think that there's a lot of stuff in Psycho that people kind of know about even if the if they've never watched the movie and i had that experience watching it for the first time as an adult i knew a lot of like those beats of things that happen and i think if i didn't know that watching it for the first time knowing nothing about it would be a much different experience because the movie just changes on a dime like a third of the way through the whole first third of the movie is basically like prologue Mm. in a way because the person you think is the main character of the movie and all the conflict that's set up it basically dies in a shower and then is just not that relevant to the rest of the movie is really interesting in that way it i can see how going in blind to that movie would be such a huge like wtf oh my gosh i can't believe this is happening type of experience and uh, that i'm never going to be able to have and um, that I think is pretty interesting about it. Yeah, I, that's a very good point with that. There's some things that are so much in our like zeitgeist now that you you can't see it for what it actually is because you've been exposed to it with it without ever having been directly exposed to it too much. You know, it's really interesting when you take the time to really focus on a piece like that, whether it be a movie, a book, whatever it is, and really focus on it for what it is, and not just like allow your brain to speed through it and fill in the gaps. You know. It's hard to do, though. Okay, last one. Scream from the 90s. I know. I, I don't know if I've... I, I'm, I've probably watched that one. Um, it's probably a pretty good example of the type of horror movie that I don't like. Too much like, surprise, kill you, you know? Um, it's like the modern version. Well, I guess not that modern anymore. But um, the, the modern version of the, you know jason and freddie and all that kind of stuff it's a you know a new story telling this and then just like with those they've had sequel after sequel after sequel yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a good example of one where it's um a little too stabby for me you know <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I think if you can get past a stabby, it's pretty interesting though, because I think it, it knows that it is part of that heritage Mm -hmm. and it kind of riffs off the fact of that heritage. Like it's very self-aware to the point where at some point they're all watching Halloween together. And one of the characters is talking about all the tropes from horror movies that happen in these movies. And it's then like stuff that happens in the movie. So it's, it's very like, it's a very self-aware horror slasher movie. Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool about it. I think that's a big part of the reason why it's, it's made its place in the, you know, in the horror movies, I guess now it's, you know, it's, yeah, it, it's doing the same thing, but also doing it differently. The being self-aware thing like goes a long way. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And once again, like now it's a movie that like is so much in our lexicon of stuff that, you can't watch it without already knowing the stuff that happens as it goes, because there are certain parts in it that are just like, everybody knows them, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we managed to talk about horror movies for an hour for two people that aren't really horror movie fans. I'm Hey, I just, I'm a huge horror movie fan for like three movies now. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. I, uh, one newfound horror movie fan and one vaguely somebody who will watch a horror movie from time to time. Yeah. You know, I think it's a good example talking about this though, that um, it's easy to be like, I do not like this thing, but if you really look at it, you probably kind of more as a whole, like it more than you think, but you focus on like the aspect you don't like when you're thinking of it in general. Um, I actually realized that with comics some time ago, where I was always like, I don't like horror, but then I looked at a lot of the comics that I really loved. And there were a lot of horror comics that I loved. They just were the ones that were more about the story and and stuff and not about the gore. And uh, yeah. it's mm-hmm. the same thing with movies, I think. Yeah, I think that there's a lot in horror. It'd be like saying, I don't like comic books because I don't like superheroes. would be like saying, I don't like horror movies because you think it's all just slasher gore stuff. Exactly. You know, there's, there's a lot of different stuff in there. It's just a matter of finding what interests each individual person. All right. Well, hey, let's wrap it up. If you found this episode, you know where to find more. So find more because um, we keep talking for an hour at a time and uh, recording it. So we hope uh, you guys are enjoying listening. And you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Bad Teakin, And my friend here is at Who's Paul. And tweet me your horror movie recommendations. If you want to give me a thorough answer, tell me what movie you like what type of horror movie it is and why you like it. Like if you want to give all three pieces, tell me that. Cause uh, I'm definitely open to suggestions and I don't have any time for watching horror movies. Cause I have a two month old child. Uh, still, so he'll love them. <laughs> None for me. <laughs> yeah. Get him inundated now before he even knows what's going on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Talk to you next time. Later. Later.